Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. The Federal Reserve raised rates again, and Chair Powell made it clear the Fed won't ease up. The FT's got a scoop on a potential big shakeup at Credit Suisse. Plus, we'll find out what companies do these days when they're hit by a ransomware attack. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 75 basis points on Wednesday, and Chair Powell made it clear the Fed will remain tough on inflation, even if it means economic pain. He did not rule out a recession. The chances of a soft landing landing are likely to diminish to the extent that policy needs to be more restrictive or restrictive for longer. This means keeping rates higher for longer. New projections show the benchmark federal funds rate rising to 4.4% by the end of this year. Here's the FT's Colby Smith. The Fed's message is clear cut. They're not backing away from the fight against inflation anytime soon. And uh, they're not pausing the tightening cycle anytime soon. And uh, they're definitely not cutting interest rates anytime soon. Okay, so Colby, uh, I'm I'm very interested about what happened in the markets yesterday because as soon as the announcement came out that the Fed was going to raise interest rates again, markets fell off a cliff. But then as Jay Powell was talking, they slowly ticked up and they kept ticking up until the end of his press conference when they again fell off a cliff. Um, what was going on? It's hard to know, uh, you know, what uh, drives any of these market gyrations. But there was a lot to take in in this meeting. On On the one hand, you had this extremely hawkish message from the Fed. We will keep at it until we're confident the job is done. But on the flip side, you also had Chair Powell talking about the fact that at some point it's going to be necessary to slow the pace of interest rate increases. So markets could have picked up on any of those themes, but I think it's notable that they ended the day uh, far lower, um, as that's the kind of reaction I think that Fed officials uh, were hoping to see. So Powell also mentioned the housing market may have to go through a correction. What did he mean by that? So I, I think over the the recent years, we've seen this pretty remarkable run up in home prices. And uh, what we've seen as uh, the Fed has raised interest rates, uh, which in turn has influenced the cost of mortgages and other instruments to, to borrow against housing, we've seen some of that demand come off uh, its peaks. And uh, what Powell was alluding to was the fact that this is just one of the sectors that's going to have to cool down further in order for the Fed to see uh, the necessary moderation in inflation that it's looking to achieve. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. The FT has learned that Credit Suisse is considering a plan to break up its investment bank into three parts, among other structural changes. The Swiss lender is trying to get past years of scandals. And this plan would be a shift away from risky investment banking to focus more on wealth management. Here's the FT's European banking correspondent, Owen Walker. Credit Suisse has been a huge player in investment banking on the world stage for at least 40 years. So to really pull back from that 
on such a huge scale when you're selling parts of the business off, you're laying workers off, you're closing down bits of the business. You know, that's that's a very dramatic step to really focus the business on wealth management and to say that's your strong suit. You're changing the characteristics and, and the way that the bank is viewed internationally. So, you know, it's it's probably the biggest shakeup of the bank in four decades. And there are a couple of reasons for that. You know, it's a combination of new chairman who's only been in the post in six months, new CEO who's been in the post two months, the share price being below five Swiss francs, which is a record low of at least three decades. So shareholders are desperate for answers. They would find it very expensive to raise money from the debt markets. This is just a combination of everything coming on top of them. It's what UBS did a decade ago, and and they're kind of reaping the rewards from that. And this is, you know, probably something that that Credit Suisse should have been doing um, uh, in much, uh, you know, sunnier times. That's the FT's European banking correspondent, Owen Walker. So the other day, I got to be the CEO of a technology company, and suddenly this message popped up on my laptop. We've been expecting you. We know your annual revenue is $100 million, and we demand a ransom of $1.7 million. To protect your company, you must pay. Do you understand? This was a ransomware attack. That's when cyber criminals hack into your organization, freeze or steal your data, and then demand money to get it back, or else they release it to the public. Ransomware attacks have tripled in the past three years. Fortunately, I was just the victim in a game on FT.com. The goal is to negotiate your way out of this kind of attack. The game is based on reporting by the FT's Hannah Murphy. She joins me now to talk more about it. Hi, Hannah. Hi there, hi. Hannah, break it down for me. What is the first thing that happens when a CEO or the head of an organization uh, experiences a ransomware attack? Where do they go? CEOs have a number of options. They can take things into their own hands, but many will go to what's known as an incident response cybersecurity firm that helps in these critical moments. And also, there are what's known as ransomware negotiators, these sort of middlemen that will help guide you through taking a ransom payment demand and trying to haggle that down to the least possible amount that it can be. Okay, so what do negotiators do in this kind of situation? What kind of strategies do they have? Speaking to negotiators themselves, many say that sort of a delay, delay, delay tactic is the best. Firstly, because that allows you time to work out who your opponent is, learn exactly what they want, learn exactly what data they have, how deep into your systems they are. That also will buy you time to get your systems potentially back up and running again and assess the damage on your own side. I've even heard negotiators talk about delaying and delaying and delaying to the point that the criminal just sort of gives up. The suggestion being that ransomware criminals themselves are part of very highly organized gangs that are sort of sophisticated in a way that a, a business corporation is. And these criminals may have targets that they're supposed to hit. And it's quite embarrassing for them to go up to their boss and say, sorry, I, I, I only managed to negotiate a huge discount with this target. And it might be easier for them to say, oh, the target just wouldn't pay up. And so let's leave it be. That's kind of amazing that 
criminal hackers have quotas just like the rest of us. It's also pretty amazing how sophisticated these ransomware groups have become. Yes, there's been um, some leaks from inside of these organizations that show exactly how, you know, they have a sort of corporate org chart and different people playing different roles. So someone will handle the money laundering once the ransom payment has come in in crypto. We'll try to sort of clean that. Uh, another person will be responsible for sort of deploying the hack and getting into the systems and finding vulnerabilities in, in company systems. And another may be the person who sits on the other side speaking to the ransomware negotiator and trying to use as much leverage and pressure to get them to pay as possible. So Hannah, as you report, there are just so many more ransomware attacks. They've, they've tripled in the past three years. And a big reason for that is the shift to remote work that left a lot of computer systems vulnerable. But does it mean that there are more of these criminals out there with the super sophisticated technological know-how? It used to be that if you were a ransomware attacker, you would have to have incredible technical knowledge. You'd have to maintain that very sophisticated code and be able to go out and find vulnerabilities in companies and deploy that. Today, there's almost been a bit of a democratization of this criminal enterprise on the dark web, whereby they've developed what's known as ransomware as a service. So I may have no technical knowledge, but I can go buy a strain of ransomware and pay for a list of potential targets and then pay someone else to go and sort of put it all together and try to uh, manufacture a hack for me. Hannah Murphy is a tech correspondent for the FT. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. And if you want to play the ransomware game I mentioned earlier, we've got a link to that in the show notes. Just so you know, I was able to negotiate my ransom down to 1.2 million from 1.7 million. Not to brag, but let me know if you can beat that. Before we go, a quick reminder that news briefing listeners can get half off an annual subscription to FT.com. For $187 a year or 40 bucks a month, you can read all about the Fed or try to beat my high score on the ransomware game or enjoy Alphaville. Do whatever you want. Just go to FT.com slash briefing sale. That's FT.com slash briefing sale. And as always, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.